This is a book called The Color of Water. This was George's summer reading, and I downloaded it and went, huh, that's an interesting book. I think we should read and discuss that book. Um, if you haven't read it, I recommend it. It it wasn't my most favorite book I've ever read on the planet, but definitely was worth reading. I, I learned a lot, and it was written in a very interesting way. We discuss it in the podcast. Um, Kirsten, Kathy, and I discuss the book and a lot of other things. We kept kind of wandering off topic in this episode, which is kind of the best episodes to me is because that's what a real conversation is. It never stays on topic. You always kind of wander on and off. Um, but it was a really good book. So I hope you uh, read it and enjoy it or listen to it on audiobook. Uh, books are so enriching. I think they exercise a muscle we don't use enough anymore in that kind of long-term focus and in your imagination. You know, when you look at Instagram all day, there's nothing left to the imagination. But when you read, you have to visualize and imagine what these people look like or how they behave. Even in a memoir, you know, you don't know what people look like necessarily. And I think it's so good for your brain to just escape into your imagination with the help of a really good writer. Um, and this was a good book. And yeah, we enjoyed it. So I hope you enjoy our discussion. I have a group on my Facebook page for book clubs. This will be in my Facebook group. So if you want to go in there and chat about this book or any books we've had book clubs on, please feel free. I'll try to drop in from time to time and and uh, put my two cents in. But yeah, check out all my Facebook groups. I have one on parenting. I have one on um, money. I have I have one on depression and uh, definitely have a book club and a few more. So just check them out. And thanks for showing up every week. Thanks for all your positive um, encouragement. And thank you for your suggestions for podcast ideas. I would love more suggestions for episodes. So even though I haven't ran out of any by any means, I'm always fascinated to see what people want to hear because, you know, I only see the world through my eyes and there are other people who might want to hear us talk about things we hadn't thought about. So I'd love to hear what you want to hear. Um, thanks for all the support. Please share my podcast with anybody you think would enjoy it. I would love to reach more people. Um, and uh, I appreciate all your support. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the color of water. I rode my bicycle past your window last night. Never, no. never listen to Mark Maron's no. WTF? I, I need some new stuff. You know what? If if he's interviewing someone you're interested in learning about, mm -hmm. he's cool. Like, I just listened to Angelica Houston. I've always been a huge fan of hers. And it was a really good podcast. She was, he has a way about him that puts people kind of at ease. And you feel like you're really eavesdropping on a conversation between two people. And most people, I feel like, are pretty genuinely just being honest. And that's kind of cool. 
especially people like I just listened to um, Jane Fonda. Oh my God. I want to read her autobiography with the two of you and discuss it because I had no idea. You know, she was famous before we were born. Yeah. And she has this whole life of fame and activism that's way before our awareness. And she was talking about all of these things she persevered through in her private life that has everything to do with the fact that her dad was Henry Fonda. And it was just really fascinating. And I'd heard so many people years ago when her autobiography came out tell me it was really good, that it was really good autobiography. And she wrote it. I don't think she had a ghostwriter. She wrote it. Mm. So after that podcast, I was like, I've got to read her autobiography. I feel like this book club is becoming the memoir and autobiography book club because. (laughs) And self-help. Right. Well, it's usually been the self-help, but like Rabbit and now the one we're talking about today is a memoir. And then. I love memoirs. Um, I mean, I like fiction, too. I'm reading The Help. I never read that when it came out. What a great book that is. Yeah. You haven't read it. I haven't read it yet. Did yeah. you read it? I read it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my mom was raised by a black woman who came to their house six days a week. Her name was Pearl. And I've seen one picture of her. She was enormous. She was not fat. She was like a brick shit house. She was so big. And my mother loved her so much. And she, I guess, I don't know if times changed or what happened, but she stopped coming. And my mom was devastated. She really, that woman raised her. Um, Mm. So it's interesting to read the book, knowing that my mom was raised that way and understanding the dynamics of the South the way I do from growing up. It's been, and it's exactly like the movie. I think they did a great job. Yeah. So far. Did you like the read? Yeah, I loved the read. I saw the movie, but I feel like maybe we watched it on a screener or something and had some distractions. So I liked the movie, but I've, I, I just remember being distracted during the movie. Huh. Um, My kids love that movie. They've probably watched it three times. Wow. They really like it. Um, they love the, the terrible awful. <laughs> Kathy doesn't know what that is, but know. it's terrible awful. <laughs> and if you haven't Gross. read the book or watched the movie, <laughs> you should, because it's pretty good. But we're not here to talk about that today. Someday. I'll catch up. We're going to talk about the color of water. This was assigned to Georgia for her 10th grade summer reading. And we downloaded it on our, on our Kindle in Australia because she was going to read it on the flight home. And I read the description. I was like, oh my God, I'm reading this book. It sounds like an amazing book. Um, so I read it on my Kindle, which is a kind of a bummer because I didn't take notes. And I read it very quickly. Um, it didn't take me long it to read this book. It is a quick read. Yeah, it's another it's, yeah. quick read. Yeah. Um, but I found, I, I found the book really interesting. I wasn't as moved as yes, I was. Yes, 100%. Right? I'm so glad that I, I felt like maybe I was a cold-hearted bitch when I read <laughs> it because I, I, I got through the entire thing and I was like, wow, I did not shed a tear. And I mean, <laughs> I was bawling through Rabbit. Yeah. Um, it, but I, it's not that like on paper, this stuff was like really shocking and traumatic, but it, I was not affected by it. I wonder it. why. Yeah. What did you think, Kathy? The exact same thing. Yeah. Um, I've read two books since then, both um, that have been so much more powerful mm-hmm. that I was so much more connected to than this one. This one, I was like, meh, all right. It was interesting. 
It was interesting because... But it wasn't, I don't know. It just didn't pull you in. I wonder if now I'm thinking about it when we're talking about this. I wonder because I kept... You know how there's some comics who you laugh involuntarily and there's some mm-hmm. comics where you go, huh, that was a really funny joke. But you yeah, maybe don't yeah. laugh out loud. Yes. But you recognize that it's a smart joke and yes. you understand that it's funny, but you're not laughing. I wonder if that's kind of the difference because I kept going in my head, wow, what a crazy story. Yeah, wow. absolutely. Right. How could she not tell her children anything about her life? Yeah. yeah. Wow, how traumatic. Wow, how this, how that. How unconventional. Wow. Yeah. Right. How ahead of her time. Wow. Yeah. But, or how interesting. Yeah. Even. Like, oh, this is interesting. This yep. is interesting. <laughs> but it's like usually if you say interesting as a compliment, it's not really a compliment. You know, it's like, well, that was very interesting. <laughs> you know, it's like a way to avoid dissing something. But I thought it was very well written. Yes. And mm-hmm. very interesting. Yes. But it didn't. Yeah, it just didn't move me. I wonder why. Yeah. I don't know if it's because after reading that one, which was so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. The Maybe. tears were all gone. We'd right, spend right. them all on Rabbit. Oh, you don't know anything, yeah. lady. Yeah. You should read this autobiography called Rabbit. You think your life was bad. I wonder. But, I, you know, I um, for people who've never read the book, the book was really um, uniquely written, I thought. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a son of a mother, obviously. Um, she had 12 children with two different men, eight from one, four from the second. She was married to both men. She was a white woman married to black men, and she got married the first time in the 40s, right? So that's just crazy unheard of in and of itself. And her son, he was eighth. eighth. He was the eighth, and he didn't know anything about her parents, her background, her life. None of the kids did. None of them did. And she just said, this is something you don't need to know about. She wouldn't even right. admit to being white. Right. To them. right. I that was funny. <laughs> Which is kind of obvious. She'd say, I'm light skinned to right. her kids. And they were like, okay, what does that mean? Right. right. You look pretty white to me, I would yeah. imagine. But the bravery, that woman was so brave to have just walked into this forbidden place in that time in our history was so impressive and crazy and you know he just wanted to know her history and she wouldn't tell him wouldn't tell him wouldn't tell him he grew up and became a journalist and basically just kind of pushed her into telling and so the book is written uh in that one chapter it seems to me is just her dictation like, it yes. seems to me it's like how yes, she's because speaking. it's repetitive. There were, yeah. was a lot of repetition that I thought, wait a minute, she already revealed this. Yes. <laughs> and then at first I was irritated and I felt like it was a flaw of the writing. And by the end of the book, I felt like, oh, no, this is this is what happens when you talk to an older person yeah. about their past, especially a past that was so buried in such a distant past right. to her, um, is that they sort of trot out the few things that they remember and when they remember them, whenever yeah. it sort of pops into their head. Yeah. Yeah. And out of order sometimes yeah. and yes. repeated sometimes. Yeah. Well, I wonder, uh, well, the, the, you would alternate. One chapter would be dictated in italics, the whole chapter, which was clearly her voice. And the next chapter would be his story. And his story really was about his story growing up, not about his reflection of what she said or his even mm-hmm. weaving the two together as much as just going, well, here's what's going on for me. And then she would say, well, here's what went on for me. And then here's what's going on for me. And through reading their two stories, you could weave together. 
their life, which was a really unique way to write a memoir. I'd never seen or read a yep. memoir like that. But that was really creative. Yeah, and very well written. A great thing for my 10th grader to read, to see mm-hmm. such a unique way to tell a story. Because really, a memoir is a story. Um, but I wonder, now that we're discussing this, if her lack of connection to what she was saying led to our lack of connection to what we were reading. Because I mm. felt like she kept her feelings about her experience in a very uh, controllable box, you know? Yes, that I, makes sense. Yeah. Because I, I think that actually the only stirring of emotion that I really felt was at the very end when her son takes her to visit her old classmate, the only classmate who ever connected mm-hmm. with her, who was ever kind to her. And she is getting so agitated and anxious in the car and just sort of muttering and saying, you're sitting too close to me. Oh, look at that out the window. And just sort of like ADHD. And then all of a sudden gets very overcome with emotion. Mm-hmm. And that was the only time that I felt emotional and it was when she was getting emotional because she was very dispassionate about the entire thing even about my father molested me yeah like things it was very clinical and dispassionate and like this is what happened he was a bad man but it wasn't um why do we need to talk about it yeah it's very like that yeah that's a good point leanne that probably is why that we were sort of feeling things as she from her like sort of taking her cue Right. Um, I wonder because I I, I kept thinking this book should be better, but better not in like better quality or anything. But I guess maybe what I was thinking was deeper or more emotional or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was a powerful story. Yeah. Well, because the part that you didn't mention, it's not just that she was a white woman. She was an Orthodox Jewish white woman from a very, I mean, of the daughter of a rabbi. Yeah. (laughs) Which... And then to go, so she didn't just marry a black man in the 40s, which was already shocking and against the law. Illegal in some (laughs) states. And, um, but but also she completely gave up that religion and completely launched into and became a Christian. Yeah. Which was a huge thing too. She didn't just become a Christian. She like, she was born again. And yeah. I don't mean in the term that people right. think of born again Christians. Yeah. She really absolutely gave herself over to Christianity yeah. with reckless abandon. Yeah. I think. Started a church that's still there. Yeah. So ma- yeah. that was amazing. Yeah. With her husband. But I don't know. I left, you know, when I got emotional in the book is when they listed all of her 12 children's yes. accomplishments. Yes, yes. me too. I was bawling. Yes, me too. On the plane going, oh my God. Yeah. A master's? Oh my God, he's a doctor! Oh my well, God. Well, I didn't have I didn't <laughs> yeah. have that um, I effect. Did. I didn't have that effect. But I that did. was really. Cool. I found it affecting, yeah. but not as affecting. Simply because it was seeds were dropped about this through the entire book. Yeah. There were reminders. She raised twelve kids. All of them had greater than a bachelor's degree, right, basically. Right, right. So I was prepared for that, but it was it was very affecting to read at the very end the list of 12 names and all their credentials. And by the way, most of them have, you know, beyond a master's degree. Yeah. Like right. there were several doctor, medical doctors, lots of PhDs. Like it, it is a, definitely a testimony <laughs> to the fact that she she was absolutely well, both of them, actually, the 
both of the dads, both, yeah. both the dad and the stepfather and the mom were all so passionate mm-hmm. about education. Or they're really good breeders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. But you know, yeah, I would they were. Say the thing that affected me the most, I think, and not like super powerful, but when she was going back for that visit, maybe even a little before that, um, there were so many people that were excited to hear about her and yeah. cared. And she didn't represent that at all right. throughout yeah. the book. Like that, that neighbor that was still there. Yeah. He's like, oh my gosh, your mom, she's wonderful. I remember her. And then he spills out all these stories and these other people that are still in the town that actually had a connection to her that she just was dead to her. Yeah. That was the part that I was like, oh, there's a lot more going on than we really realized. She had such a horrible home life. Like the dad was so, he was mean and abusive and misogynistic, horrible human. He was just a terrible, terrible person. And so I think that her worldview came so much from that and seeing her mom abused and belittled and, and then also feeling like, just feeling like on the outside of everything, feeling like, you know, the only, you know, among the only Jewish people, among the only this, like that, like in every way they were sort of othered. And um, so I think that that's what her worldview was. That she just saw that nobody cared and didn't realize there were all these people around her who did care about her. I think that happens to a lot of people who suffer trauma. I remember when I was in eighth grade, my best friend Becky moved right around Christmas and I was devastated and I totally withdrew and she had this huge group of friends, huge group of friends. And I always thought I was Becky's friend. I was the tag along. I, I wasn't anybody's friend. I was just Becky's friend and I was the tag along. And at the end of my school year in the eighth grade, my mother threw me a surprise party and all of those people showed up. And I remember going, I can't believe that you came to my party. Like I, there has to be a catch. I remember thinking they just came here to see Becky. They did not come here to see me, but they, I look, I remember seeing pictures. They were there to see me. And I really didn't believe that they were. I was like, there's no way. They're definitely here to see Becky. This is not about me. Yeah, I really relate to that. You do? Yeah, I I had things like that in childhood too. And even like, I just came back from visiting my parents and my mom had collected up all of these envelopes of like notes from so-and-so, notes from so-and-so that I had saved from high school and middle school. And I was reading them and I was like, wow, I had no idea. This person really cared about me. And it was somebody who I like, I just... I had no idea. Like, right. I, I don't know how it could have gone over my head because these notes were obviously like really caring. Like they were, it was. So how could it have gone over your head? Do you really think that maybe- low self-esteem, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, teenage self-absorption, not seen outside of whatever it is that you're focused on your process. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really shocking to me. And it it's still like I'm still processing all of that. Are it, you really? Yeah. There was a lot that I was looking at and going, wow, how did I not see this? It was spelled out. You are wonderful. Like, you know, right. <laughs> couldn't have been more clear. Right? Yeah, it could not have been more clear. But sometimes you're only able to see like what, you know, the little world that you've created. Right. Um, That's interesting. You know, in my podcast yeah. I did with with Kristen and Jocelyn, I asked them about perception. 
because teen a teenager's the specific example I gave them was Georgia thinks I'm yelling at her when I'm not yelling. I'm talking exactly like this. Hey, could you come get your shoes? I don't think I'm yelling, but she says, mom just yelled at me about the shoes. And I go, but that her perception is incorrect. Like that's not correct. If I'm yelling, buddy, you'll know it, right? <laughs> I'm not yelling. Yeah. But that's interesting. You say that because now as an adult, you go back and you see perhaps your perception of what was going on was completely off. And wouldn't it be nice if you could just take that information and give it to your two daughters and say, just so you know, I was that way too. And maybe you should rely on an outside source from time to time to just say, hey, was mom yelling? And have Ali go, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And go, yeah. okay, maybe I'm a little off. But they, I guess they just don't have the ability to do that. Yeah. yeah. Your daughter, Lily <laughs> and Dakota oh and Isla were over the other day at a sleepover. And they took a, are you psychotic test? <laughs> <laughs> Because they wanted to definitely know. need a test to know. <laughs> Are you psychotic? And I wa I didn't know they were doing this. I walked in their room and Isla went, Mom, I am psychotic. And I went, What are you talking about? We just took this test. This I am, are you psychotic test? And Dakota and I are psychotic. And Lily went, I'm not. I am not psychotic. I am definitely not psychotic. And I said, Well, how do you tell if you're psychotic? Oh, I'll read you the questions. They were the most ridiculous. You're walking through the woods. You hear a branch break behind you. What's behind you? A man, a ghost, a bear, nothing, an axe murderer. And based on your answer to that question, you're deemed psychotic. Oh, for God's sake. And no, it's the most ridiculous yeah, thing. But really, you're deemed a teenager. Yeah, exactly. that's what you're deemed. So I, I stand in the doorway and I go, let me tell you something. My book club has read this book called Untangled. And in that book, she says that when teenagers are given tests about how their psychological health, they come back as psychotic. It's because your frontal lobe is growing so fast that you're not making sense anymore. So this is just a temporary road stop in the land of psychosis. So you're fine. <laughs> and Lily went, well, what does that mean if I'm not psychotic? <laughs> It clearly means you are psychotic yeah. because you're worried about now not being psychotic. Yes. I was like, I don't know what it means, Lily. You're either ahead of them or behind them. One of the two. But it's coming <laughs> if it hasn't already passed. And she said, yeah, I don't think I've been psychotic yet. And I was like, uh, okay, uh -huh. good, 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 good. I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> it was hysterical. But yeah, That's they cute. might be psychotic. All they might them. be yeah. psychotic. <laughs> oh my God, we're psychotic. Mom, you have to take the test. And of course, I take the test and I hear the branch and I go, it's either a wild animal or it's nothing. Oh, you're not psychotic. And I went, yeah, no shit. Because there's no ghost. There's no axe murderer. And there's no bear. I mean, come on. The likelihood that a bear goes clink with a twig. Yeah. I think I'd hear a little more than clink. <laughs> and, was, and why are you in the woods by yourself anyway? Right. You're Just like the question. We've taken our Girl Scout uh, <laughs> campaign leader training. Like, <laughs> I know what to do when a bear comes. Not really, but I'm going to tell you so I can calm your psychosis for the next time we go camping. Oh, that's funny. It was pretty funny. Um, 
So yeah, maybe our perception at that age is not exactly accurate. Mm-hmm. Would you say? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah. where else did you go? You just went back home? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tour to East Coast. Um, we went to Hilton Head, South Carolina, and stayed in a house with Richard's entire family. Oh, God. And um, How was that? It was actually really fun. Was it good? Yeah. It's a lot of people. Yeah, it's a lot of people, but it was a big house. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, and all the kids stayed um, together on the third floor, so... Um, yeah, that was fun. We went into Savannah. We um, then we went up to visit my family outside of Toronto in Canada. Then we took Richard and I took the kids for a day trip to Niagara Falls. Oh, fun. And um, yeah, it's a lot of family togetherness for 15 days. I have a lot of nieces and nephews. <laughs> you do? Yeah. On both sides? Um, well, on my... On my side, I only have two siblings. Richard has two siblings. On his side, there are four, five, six, six total cousins, including our kids. So just four nieces and nephews. And on my side, my sister has four daughters and my brother has three kids. Wow. Um, It's a pack. Yeah, it's a pack. And they're all more or less the same age. And they're all on both sides. They're equally bonded. They're just as thick as thieves and it was a sleepover every night it was I mean I'm exhausted Richard's exhausted but they had a blast they did yeah that's good that's awesome you know that cousin thing is pretty special yeah Yeah. it is I don't know what it is you had your kids had cousins out too didn't they yeah had cousins out here too yeah yeah and it was, yeah, they haven't seen them in a long time. And it was awesome. They came from Texas. They had right? a great time. They came from Texas, um, similar ages. And it was just super easy. That's great. Like, you don't have to think about it. Like, it's, I don't I know. know. There's it's something really, really special. There is something the really thing. special about it. I yeah, was able to see fun. my closest cousin when I was up there, too. Um, she came to visit. And, um, I mean, it's like, I see her once every few years now for a couple of hours and we just talk like we just don't stop talking. And um, I mess she one of us messaged the other one afterwards, just saying it was great to see you, whatever. And she said, you're one of my favorite people in the world. And I just was like, because as as adults, we are geographically so separate now. Mm-hmm. Her kids are enough older than my kids like she has a, a son in going into his um, senior year in college okay. and her daughter is in senior year of high school okay and um so they're enough older that we didn't go through that together and um just we just haven't been in close contact right and um when she said that I was just like <gasps> like I it literally made me gasp and I said to Richard like <gasps> listen to what Carrie just said. She said I'm one of her favorite people in the world. And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, she's your cousin. And I was like, I know, but (laughs) it's really special. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there's something really special about cousins. Yeah, there is. It's it's really cool to have a bunch of cousins. I grew up with, see, two, four. There were six of us in my cousin pack. But I had two cousins, Stephanie and Wade, who had two cousins, Chris and Keith, 
And because I stayed with Stephanie and Wade every summer, I call Chris and Keith my cousin, but they're not. They're really my cousin's cousin. But I feel like they're mine, so I claim them. So we see them every summer, too, those two boys and men. <laughs> and uh, almost all the cousins. Every summer is really cool because you have this, like, almost like a shorthand, right? Yeah, yeah. Where you just don't have to, I don't know, it's a weird yeah. feeling. It's a good feeling. Yeah. But it's it's weird because you just kind of show up and you don't have to. There's, a, I think, the understanding yeah. that your family, so it, it's just slightly different than with friends. There's like this slightly more of your guard is up thinking, I don't want to fuck this up. Yeah. <laughs> but um, with cousins, like they're family. So it's like, you have to like me. Like there's just <laughs> like a You're cer- stuck with me. Yeah. But I think that it, it makes them, I, I think it makes the relationship more open and free in a way that, I don't know. It's also a shared history. Like you don't have to like explain the crazy bullshit that happens yeah. in the family that like everyone just like accepts and knows and whatever, yes. you know, yeah. like it's just, I don't know, yeah. it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they have the same grandparent experience yeah. and yeah. I don't think every family is that way though. I don't think every family has cousins that are all copacetic, you know, yeah. at least not yeah. in the South. You know, they're a lot of them, you know, don't get along. And that would be really hard, I would imagine, to go see your grandparents and have a cousin there that you don't agree with yeah, or aunt or uncle that you really don't see eye to eye with. I know that happens um, or it did happen in my dad's girlfriend's family where there were siblings at her level that didn't get along. So then the kids don't get along. And mm-hmm. then you go, oh, that's really a bummer. It's a bummer for everybody, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I guess we are lucky in that yeah. we have great. I mean, my cousin Wade calls me literally like once every seven years. And he'll call me always when I'm like cooking dinner. And he'll want to talk to me for two hours about nothing. And I love it. And I always feel like, oh, my God, I feel so special that he keeps showing up because I don't think he calls anybody ever. So the once every seven year I go, oh, he loves me. (laughs) I know he loves me anyway. He's a great guy, but I don't ever see him when he goes home. He's kind of a hermit. He doesn't leave home. He doesn't come to the lake like the rest of the crazy Kemp clan. (laughs) Um, Do you have a lot of cousins, Kathy? No, I mean, let's see. I have four cousins on my mom's side. And then I have, actually, I have a bunch of cousins that are all spread out. But all of my cousins are my older brother, who's 10 years older. They're that age. Uh, So I didn't really grow up with them in the same sense. It was really just my younger brother and I. We were the babies mm -hmm. on every side of both, you know, like on both sides of the family. Right. So... I have a whole bunch of cousins and they have, you know, kids and whatnot, but I'm not nearly as close with them. Right. I'm definitely closer with the cousins on my mom's side than my dad's. Those are just scattered. And yeah, that family was more spread out and not as close to begin with. Right. So we never, like they just geographically were more distant. So we didn't spend a lot of time with them. Right. Whereas my other cousins were literally at the end of the block. Right. So we saw them all the time. Well, we have invested every year since Georgia was six months old in going home every year for an extended, for like at least a week. And um, I highly recommend that to anybody who is displaced from their roots in that way. 
I mean, we could not afford to come home. We we jacked up our credit cards back in the day. Yeah, same, same. We did. That's exactly right? what we do. Yeah, you yeah. have to just leverage yeah. the house, but it there's just something really special about being part of that pack, even if it is just seven days or eight days a year. Yeah, it has meant the world to my kids. Um, and it's so amazing to see them step right back in there. Yeah, and it just like they never left. Yeah, and I mean anybody who thinks it's it's. The flip side is, it's exhausting, it's expensive, it's yeah. a pain in the ass. We, until very recently, that was our only vacation because we couldn't afford to go anywhere yeah. else. Yeah. So we would go to Georgia and go to Florida, and that was our vacation. I relate. I know you I do. Relate. <laughs> I mean, it's been like the last two years, maybe, maybe three years that we've been able to do anything else other than that. And... It's, but it's, it's so worth it. Yeah. You know, I feel like my husband knows my family and he would never have known anybody if we had not done that. Some things are just worth it, I think. Yeah. Even though they're hard and selfless in some ways, you know, very selfless to say, let's go back to We Dowie again instead of the Bahamas or whatever. Um, it's been totally worth it. Anyway, I don't know how we got off the color of water, but um, twelve kids, I know. Cousins, there you right. go. Tomato, same, tomato. same, same. Yeah. Um, I liked that book. I would recommend that book. Yeah, but it is not my most favorite book. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. Yeah, same. Very well written. Yep. Interesting story. Easy read. Easy to read. Yep. Um, really but unique. I have no interest in reading it again. No. Not, I don't read that many books again, but there are some that uh, that I would just keep on my bookshelf just thinking, oh, you know what? I loved loved the experience of reading this so much that I want to keep it around just in case. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't have any interest in reading it again. The only books yes. I've ever reread are Jane Austen and Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> more different wow <laughs> wait a minute what did georgia think did she finish it yet she did um she had the same reaction she was like it was a very interesting story mm-hmm. but she was like but i she was like if i didn't read that book i'd okay i'd be okay and i understand why my english teacher wanted us to read that book like understand the purpose yeah. of the book yeah i mean there's a right. lot of history in there everything from yeah. like the first world war all the yeah. way through, you know, uh, yeah, there was a lot of history in it because it, it's and right up until history too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's a very dynamic world book and for her. American history. Like right. there's everything yeah. in there. Yeah, civil rights, yeah. everything's in there, and I understand why she. I I'm kind of impressed that this yeah. teacher wanted her to read this book I'd never heard of, um, but now she's reading a book um, called The Hotel on the Corner of Something and Something. And she was like, Mom, it's the same exact book except Chinese and Japanese people. She was like, it's the same story. I, one marries the other. They're not supposed to. They're ousted. She's like, well, she, couldn't she have given us something different like Jane Austen or something that was at least entertaining and a classic? So I was like, well, I actually kind of agree with you. It's It would be hard to beat that book for kind of covering uh-huh. all the bases, the mm-hmm. color of water. It would be really hard to beat that for talking about adversity diversity tenacity perseverance yeah. um 
coping, not coping, abuse, you know, per, just, there was just so much jam packed in that book. Yeah. I don't really know why she's having her read another one that's similar, but mm, maybe they're going to compare and contrast the, maybe, that they are yeah. having similar but different experiences. Maybe it, that's in the, the writing point. of the book, perhaps, or I don't know. But she's <laughs> she asked me if she could get an audio version where she can read along and listen like a Kindle. And I said, yeah. And I walked in her room today and she looked like she weighed a thousand pounds. And I went, what are you doing? And she went, I'm listening to this book. It's so boring. I feel like I just read this book in the color of water and I have to do it again. And I was like, just get through it. Just barrel through it and then spend the rest of your summer reading something you enjoy. Right. Well, you know, at least that's something that can be said of this book. It was not boring. No. I mean, it was was very interesting. Yeah. And it was easy to read. Yeah. And it was a fast read. Yeah. So for the devourer of books out there, it was a good book. It's worth reading. It's totally worth reading for sure. Like what I learned from that book was worth reading. Just, yeah, what I learned from that book. Because I did learn a lot about... You know, his history, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. I would definitely recommend it, but I don't need to read it again either. My mother-in-law mm-hmm. read it, and she went to um, see the author, um, James McBride, speak um, and said that he was a wonderful speaker, and it was yeah. a wonderful night. Yeah. But <laughs> Was he speaking about this book? Yeah. Oh, that's really yeah, great. That's cool. The book's about 10 years old, I think, or so. Yeah. It's, it's not a new publication. Yeah. But it was good. It makes me think, I feel like there's a big chunk of books I missed. Like The Help. I I missed that book. And I feel like I I need to go back. Like There was a time in the 90s when all I was reading was self-help. I was reading zero fiction. And so I I missed this like decade of fiction. I was either reading plays or screenplays or self-help books. Well, you can just Google Oprah's book yeah. list the oprah's book club and you'll have i don't know i feel like there's so much out there yeah like i feel like i've read so many things and then someone will be like hey have you read this i'm like no not really yeah you know, Do you know like, what i started reading just... on vacation oh my god i was at a thrift store my kids have gotten really into thrifting and i saw um yeah what's her name uh sue grafton she does the alphabet oh, yeah, series yeah, yeah. the you know b is for burglar c is for corpse whatever and I saw like G or something and I thought, huh, wonder if those are any good. Like cause I like <laughs> right. murder mysteries. I right. like detective stuff. I like this kind of stuff. Um, but when things get too popular, I get very skeptical of Same them. Here. And yeah. And so I was like, eh, I don't need to read a series that has like the whole alphabet. Um, and but I, then I thought I just kept seeing it pop up. And I thought, hmm. You know, if they have A in this thrift store, I'll get it. And they had A. And damn it, it was good. It was really good. <laughs> I read a bunch of those yeah. back in the day. They're you good. Yeah. Not the whole series, like, but yeah. Yeah. yeah well, I and like the whole series interested. So then I had to Google her. Um, she did not finish. She died before the end of the series, but she made it to Y. So the wow. last oh, published. Really? Yeah. The last wow. published book is Y. Um, and she said um, she had like, you know, contracted and, and wrote to her family over my dead body. Will you, uh, will you do this? Well, yes. Will you get hire a ghostwriter or whatever? She said, I will come back and haunt you wow. if you hire a ghostwriter. So her family said, no, as far as we're concerned, the alphabet ends with Y. Um, so I came home and I ordered like up through G 
to be delivered. I was like, okay, I'm going to tear through these. And like everything's arrived except for B. So oh my God. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm waiting for B. But You're in a holding pattern. Yes. <laughs> That's cool that you found That's an author funny. that you like that has yeah, so many it's books. exciting. Yeah. That was my Stephen King. Yeah. I just devoured him. Like I've got 24 to go. So. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> that'll be, that'll be really great. Yeah. That's cool. And then you said you read a book that's very moving that I bought and haven't read yet. I read two books that both were much more powerful, um, or at least for me. Um, The book, and I only remember the first part of the title, it's called Maid. M-A-I-D. M-A-I-D, a a woman's, like. No, it's it's not that. It's like. I forget the other half of it. Shining, cleaning, and blah, blah, blah to freedom or something like that, I think. Yeah, it's got a weird. It's one woman's um, way to. I forget. I it is know. not because she said that. And I looked it up and I was like, "That's not what the second part of that is." At all. People are like it's driving somewhere. and listening anyway. to this and going, "This is nonsense." Yes, yes, See? yes, yes. Hard work, low okay. pay, and, and a, a mother's, mother's will to survive. survive. I was getting there. It's a it mother's something. You had a mother. You're both looking at that and going, "See, like, yeah, that's what I meant." Yes, <laughs> yeah, it is what I meant. It was like spit shine and knuckle grease. <laughs> that actually was, I thought, really powerful. Was it? Yeah. Well, I bought it um, before I listened to Jane Fonda. I bought that book. And, uh oh. Sorry, just got some good news on my Apple Watch. <laughs> so, I'll have to tell you after. Oh. <laughs> but, um, sorry, but, uh, <laughs> now I'm totally distracted. Um, oh, now I'm yeah, I got totally that fascinated. Yeah, I know, right? I know. It's not for me; it's for Bert. But you know, I, I am the CEO of Bert <laughs> and the CFO of Bert Inc. So it's a good day for me too. I do draw a paycheck from my boss, but anyway, um, that book look, looks really good. Yeah. So, um, how are we doing with mindset? Ugh. <laughs> well, you know what? I was um, I had dinner at my sister's and wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, Paulson, you have to cut to Kirsten's face when you say that. And then to Kathy's, you have to like pause and show both their faces because Kathy all but rolled her eyes and you went like completely dead <laughs> like like this. Huh? <laughs> it was hysterical <laughs> to see the both of you. It was really funny. Okay, you're so enthusiastic about mindset. Uh, yes, yes. Can't wait to read Kathy this. is unenthusiastic. Yeah, I was very unenthusiastic. I got it out of the library and then had to return it before our trip. And then when you emailed us saying, "Oh, how's Color of Water going?" and mindset, I was just thinking, "Ugh, mindset." Was not looking forward to it. And then um, I went over to my sister's house for dinner and I was just perusing her bookshelf and I saw Mindset on there. And um, I asked her about it, thinking that I could just sort of extract from her <laughs> her take on it because she's, you know, a PhD and she, you know, yeah. she's like a smart person and knows about that kind of stuff. She's a, a social worker now, but she's, you know, a sociologist. She is someone who would understand that book better than me. Right. And, um, she said, oh, I, you know, I bought that. I haven't had a chance to read it. Do you want to take it? And I was like, oh, really? I will actually need to read it for a podcast. And um, she's like, oh, fantastic. If you're going to discuss it on the on the podcast, then take it, because that way I don't have to read it. <laughs> you guys discuss it. So it was like the ball kept going from uh, one court to another. I was like, oh. well, I'm halfway through. And um, 
I think if I had, like, if I could go in a room and close the door and read for an hour a day, I'd get through it. It's not, I'm, I'm having a hard time staying engaged in it. It's, I find it to be very repetitive. So I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I'm trying to, I know we had said that would be our next book, but it may not even be our next book because I'd rather read something I'm engaged in and plod my way through that book and finish it when we finish it. Kind of like we've done, I think, what was it? Coddling with American Mind. And just kind of plod our way through it because I am learning from it. Yeah. I just feel like it could have been a very thick pamphlet, like an eight page brochure. That That could totally be a pamphlet. Like I read it a couple of years ago. You did. Yeah. I mean, Clearly, I don't remember a lot of it. I remember some things. There's yeah. definitely some stuff to be taken out of yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but the, yeah, every time I open it, I'm like, Ugh. well, I keep hoping it will take it will take a turn. That's why <laughs> I when books like The Coddling of the American Mind, I kept. I feel like this. I learn one paragraph worth of stuff every 25 pages, yeah. but I can't skip the pages because I don't know where that paragraph is. So I have to read the whole fucking thing so I can get that one paragraph that's like mind-opening, insightful. So I feel I I want to finish the book, but I want to finish it a little more on my terms. Yes, I'm 100% behind that. Okay, good. Yeah, because I, yeah. Whew. (laughs) Uh, Whew. Yeah, I'm going to be busy reading the Alphabet series. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I got my work cut out for me here. And she's reading... uh, uh, the the spit shine and the no, I already read it. Made like, it's called Made. So, what was the other book that you read that was super amazing? Um, don't it, tell us what it's about uh, so much, but okay. just tell us what it is. Okay, so the title pretty much tells you everything. Okay, it's called The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Mm. Oh, that's okay. That's interesting. That. And I just read a review of. I that. just heard about it. Um, I don't know if it just came out or whatever, but, but it's a fiction. Um. Based it, on true. Correct. It's a uh-huh. novel based on a true story. Got it. Yeah. Okay. But um, The Maid is a memoir. Yes. Uh-huh. I read a fantastic novel that I'm dying for somebody to read what so is I can it? discuss it. It's called The Blinds. And um, The Blinds? The Blinds. Like le- the Levelor Blinds? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Vertical blinds? <laughs> yeah, whatever kind of blinds. Uh, and it's about this town out in the middle of nowhere in Texas where people go. They don't know if they were a victim of a terrible crime or they perpetrated a terrible cl- crime. But it is some sort of like witness protection program, but they've had their memories wiped clean of whatever the crime is. And it's this town full of a bunch of people and they're not allowed to talk about what they may or may not have done. They don't remember that. Um, Yes, that's it. Yeah, mine has a different cover, but that's the one. It was spectacular. I can't believe who would give it three and a half stars. This is insanity. It was excellent. Who are these psychopaths? <laughs> Where? Oh, yeah. You can't. We can't rely on Google. Oh, there's people like to it's go. It's only a handful. It's like, you right. know, eight. It's, yeah, reviews. people like to right. I was going to say. Too. Yeah. People, Everyone's a critic. It's everyone's it was spectacular. I was I read it. As we're like, critiquing wow. books and we're saying everyone's a critic. <laughs> 
Those assholes. Those assholes don't know what they're talking about. That was a great book. Ah, who made you God? Meanwhile, we're critiquing a National Book Award winner. Didn't it win the National Book Award or something? It won won a big award, yes. We all said good things about it. We just weren't as engaged. I really wonder if it was because the mother wasn't connected. I wonder because... I kept having that same thing that I have with, com- there's some comics that I think are really smart and there are some comics that are, I mean, are really funny. Yeah. And then there's some that I can't help myself, but laugh to. Isla yeah. and I were riding home the other day and Nate Bargatze was on NPR and we were laughing. Like I, one of the jokes he said in my head, I thought that is so stupid and I couldn't stop myself from laughing. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I was like, that guy's so stupid in my head, but he's not stupid. Obviously he's really smart. Uh-huh. But then there's other comics that I watch and I go, that was a really smart joke, but I don't laugh at all. So I don't know. I'm glad we read that book. Yeah. So what are we going to read next that's not mindset? Do we read Jane Fonda? Do we read Maid? Do we read something else? You've already read, so that's a cheat. It's a really easy, quick read. Made? Yeah. It's not cheating. It's a cheat. I read it. It's a total cheat. We have to start at the same starting place, okay? You can't be that far ahead of me. <laughs> whatever. I'll read the help then. No. Well, no. I'm no, not ahead of you. Whatever. I'm obviously cooling my heels for a little while until <laughs> B is for burglar B. comes into the library. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a holding pattern. Yes. A slight holding Let's pattern. Let's read Jane Fonda then. I think it's a big book. Is it? Yeah. I think it's a thick. I, I used to own it. And I just kept putting it? it off. Yeah. And, and then I donated it. I was like, I've had this book for five years. I haven't read it. Clearly, I'm not going to read it. Um, and then listening to her talk about um, all these things she survived through and the wisdom she has today. Like her dad was narcissistic terribly and how she and her brother coped with that differently, but both had problems with addiction in different ways and how that affected. And I was like, wow, what an insightful, deep person. And she, she, I mean... It just made me really interested. She said something. There was one thing she said in the podcast. Oh, Bert complains to me that I'm not affectionate, that I don't like just randomly walk up and hug him. And I don't, you know, sit in his lap. I'm, I'm just not that girl. I'm not, I love him and I give him love, but he wants me to be more affectionate, right? And she said something in that book that really struck me. And it was, I had never heard this before, but that, People who grow up with parents like hers, and I think mine, maybe they may be similar. Uh, affection is 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 unsafe, sort of, because you don't know what is connected to that. So you grow up avoiding it. So then you don't really know how to give it. So there's something that's come mm-hmm. up, I think, in her marriages, is that she's not very affectionate, and I'm not very affectionate either. And Bert would always say, "I wish you would treat me like you treat your cat." And Dr. Drew said to me, I told him that off camera, I think. And he said, oh, it's because the cat's safe. Cat's total unconditional love. You know exactly what you get with that cat. You don't know what you're going to get from Bird, Even though you know consciously, you don't know subconsciously. So that's just not safe. And then when she said that, I thought in saying that, she said something like, I just realized uh, I am not successful in marriage type relationships. So I just kind of. I'm okay with that. I'm 80. 
I'm okay with that. And I became okay with that because I realized these things about myself that happened from growing up the way I grew up. And there's some of that you just can't completely change. And I actually have to consciously think I should go give him a hug. Like I don't, it doesn't, I'm just not, I'm very affectionate with my children and my animals clearly, but I don't know why I don't, I don't, I really don't think that way. And, or I don't even know if think is the right word. I don't feel that way. I don't, I don't, that's not, you know what I mean? So I was really interested when I heard her say that. I was like, that's really fascinating. She's clearly done some work on herself. Mm -hmm. And she had said she wrote the memoir because she felt like that was like the last big major piece of work she needed to do for herself was to just be completely honest with her life and put it in that book. And I've had so many people tell me it was really great when it came out. And I just never, I bought it and then never read it and then donated it. Not that we have to read that book, but I don't know. I just really uh, enjoyed her on Mark Maron's podcast on the WTF. She's a force to be reckoned with. She's a good person, too. She always gives to people and to causes. And she just doesn't, seems to be a person who puts her money where her mouth is a little bit. Yeah. My impression from that interview. Right. I yeah. happily read that. Um, yeah. But. I'm a little daunted when you say it's this big. It was, I remember it being a thick book. Uh-huh. So that's probably why I never started it because I was like, I'm never going to finish this book. <laughs> Downloading something on Kindle helps a little bit because then you, you don't really have a sense of how thick it is. But I prefer to read a book. book yeah, book. me too. Yeah, me too. Should we do something shorter? Like made? <laughs> I'm trying to think what else is on my list. I can't think of anything right now that. Okay. So you want to know what I've been doing? Mm-hmm. Someone emailed me, a listener emailed me and told me, this is pretty powerful, actually. I wish I had the person's email so I could read it. It was really, um, it was really powerful. They emailed me and told me they were listening to the episode I did about mothers with um, Sam and Lynn. And that in that episode, in listening, this person realized they were narcissistic. And because they kept saying, oh, I do that. Oh, I do that. Oh, I'm that way. Oh, I think like that. Oh, that has happened with me. And so this person said, so I went to therapy and I found out that I have a personality disorder and And I'm depressed and I'm on medication now for depression and I'm working really hard on this personality disorder. I never would have figured it out if I hadn't been listening to people because I think you hear things differently when you're not emotionally invested in what's going, what's being discussed, right? Mm -hmm. And then you can reflect and you can kind of go, oh, wait a minute. I think that's what happened is they went, wait a minute, I do all this shit. Is something wrong with me? And then went and asked, is something wrong with me? And there was. So they asked me a book they could read because, I, and I, I say they because I don't, re- I actually don't remember if it was a he or a she. I saved it. I don't have my phone. I don't have anything with me to look it up. But, and clearly I wasn't expecting to talk about it. But, um, so I apologize to the person who was brave enough to email. And I, I feel, I hope you don't feel misrepresented. But 
when they asked me what to read, the, a book popped in my mind immediately that I haven't read in 20 years, maybe longer. And it was The Four Agreements. And I said, you should read The Four mm-hmm. Agreements. This is like a roadmap for how you're supposed to be. And then after I sent that email, I went, huh, maybe I should read that book and remind myself what that was. I just went totally off my instinct. So I read that book and I went, wow, that is exactly what I thought I was recommending. And how amazing it was to read that book that much longer and to see how much I took to heart from that book and try to apply all the time. And I don't, I'm not perfect, but I try to. So then I said, well, what were the most important books when I first started this journey? The first book I read was Creative Visualization by Shakti Gwain. The second book I read was You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. I still have that book. I don't have the Creative Visualization book. I think someone loaned it to me. I don't know that I actually ever owned that book. But I started reading You Can Heal Your Life again, and I'm going, holy freaking shit. This book is really what changed, started me wanting to change my life and understanding how broken my thought patterns were because she basically says every problem in your life can be attributed to a thought pattern. So, and most thought patterns boil down to I'm not good enough or I don't deserve. So if you can figure out that thread and change that one thing you say, I'm not good enough or I don't deserve and change it into I am good enough, I love myself, I do deserve, it'll change your life. And she writes the book from the I perspective. So when you're reading the book, you're reading it as if you're saying it yourself. I am good enough. I deserve to be loved. I am healed. I am whole. Whatever, every single chapter, she explains what she's talking about. And then there's a a huge paragraph of this I talk. And I was just so blown away because I thought that book was so important. So I've decided (laughs) on the side of our book club, I'm just going to go back and read all the books that I read in the beginning of my journey of trying to be a healthy human. And I have about probably eight or 10 books that really meant something to me like those books did. And it's been pretty powerful. I have some sweating just talking about it. It's been pretty powerful because I did, you know, if you live, if you live in the present moment, I don't think you always realize the relevance of things, you know, like you're reading your notes from your friends and you go, oh my God, I was wonderful. And at the time I had no idea. And to have been on this long journey of trying to just be authentic and, and give and receive love in a healthy way to go back and see where I started, it's been really powerful. So Maybe I'll put a list of those books on my website or something. Yeah, you should. If anybody's interested. Because they were very specific books. And I don't know how I knew about these books. I don't know if someone told me to read them. Well, I know someone told me to read Creative Visualization and You Can Heal Your Life. Um, Scott told me to read those two books. But I don't know if I just got on this little hamster wheel of, give me something else. Give me something else. (laughs) Give me something else. But, um, But anyway... For the person who sent that email, I'm super proud of that person. Because most people who have a personality disorder are so in their disorder, they can't recognize it. They don't know there's anything wrong. 
they think they're right and yeah. everybody else is wrong, which is part of the issue, right? To be able to stop yourself and say, hold on, yeah. I'm having these terrible things happen in my life. Maybe I'm causing them is super powerful. What a great gift. Yeah. To give to me, to share that with me. I felt very honored. What were you going to say, Kathy? I'm going to say, yeah, that's pretty awesome. It was really amazing. You know, talk about their journey starting. You know what I mean? That's really, to be able to even step foot on that road is really awesome. It is. Because I believe people who have personality disorder feel very alone. Mm -hmm. I think my mother feels very alone. And it's just my opinion that she has a personality disorder because she's never been diagnosed. But from everything I've read, she must feel really alone. To be right all the time would be very lonely, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) To always be right would be very lonely. So I don't know. Anyway, I I started reading. I read The Four Agreements in like a day because it's such a short, quick book. (laughs) And it's such a good book. Have you ever read that book, Kathy? Oh, my God. It would take you one day. It's it's Four Agreements. Be impeccable with your word. Do your best. Don't take anything personally. Don't take anything personally. And uh, don't make assumptions. See, it could be a pamphlet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't need to read it. It's a pamphlet. But those four things, he dives into them just a little bit, really. Yeah. Each chapter is maybe four or five pages. It's really a quick. Really is a pamphlet then. Concise. It's a very small book. It's like only, you know, three by five. No. Yeah, it's it's about. It's a little bitty book and. Oh, that's oh. interesting. Twenty-five oh. years later. <laughs> oh, hello. Interesting. The millennials have a fifth agreement. I guess so. Be skeptical, <laughs> but learn to listen. I don't know if I'd tell a millennial that. They're already skeptical, right? What are you trying to get me to do? Right? <laughs> are you trying to? Uh, do you make money from suggesting that book? I'm suspicious. <laughs> And I, the fit, the five agreements you read. Oh, and you loved it. Well, I loved rereading the four agreements. It was really great. Any books like that that did something for you that made you just go, "Wow." Um, so I'm a lot smarter than you. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> you're so smart, Leanne. I don't. Nothing comes to mind. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what pos- the the one that pops in my head is the one I recommended to you, Strong at the Broken Places. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the one that pops into my head immediately. Um, but beyond that, that book kicked my butt. Yeah, that was a hard book to read, um, but very powerful, very good. Um, another one that did it for me was Daring Greatly, Brene Brown. I read that book going, Bert. Listen to this. And I'd read it to him. And then a few minutes later, Bert, listen to this. I can't believe what this woman is saying. I did that the whole time we were in Hawaii. He must have hated me. I couldn't put her book down. Uh, Daring Greatly, that one. I think that's the one her big famous TED Talk is based off of or around or something. I don't know. Nothing for you? Besides A is for Apple. (laughs) A is for asphyxiation. That didn't change my life. I just liked it. Um... (laughs) I don't know. I wasn't so much into, I've never really been into self-help books as much. 
so I can't think of one other than, I mean, I still have the four agreements on my shelf. I have not read it in 25 years right? because I remember I mean, all you have to do is go to the table of contents and go, okay, there are the four agreements. <laughs> that's right. the fourth one. Yeah. That's yeah. the one I forgot. <laughs> I opened my book and I had all four agreements written on a sticky note in the book because I think I had that sticky note on my mirror in my apartment in New York. I'm pretty sure. So I'm sure I just took the sticky note out and was like, if you ever need a quick refresher, right here in the sticky note. Because it's pretty simple. Actually, you know what? Now that we're talking about it, The Artist's Way by Julia oh, Cameron. Great yeah, book. That was, that was one that sort of, that was a little, That's a great a little book. life-changing. Yeah. You yeah. should read a book called The War of Art. Have you read this book? The War of Art. Hmm. It was written by the guy so. who wrote the screenplay play for The Legend of Bagger Vance. Okay. It is so good. That is another book where it it blew my mind about how you approach art or really work in general, um, how you approach work. But he comes at it from being an artist. It's a powerful book. It's like silver. It looks like it's metal. I've given that book to so many people. It did this. Um, it did something different to me than the artist way, but just as powerful. It was a great book. Cool. Um, I'd say I'd loan it to you, but I can't part with it. I'll check it it's out. It's one of those books that I just like, yeah. I can't let anybody have this book. I'm afraid, what if it goes out of print and I can't get another one? And Bert has his own and oh, we cool. won't share. Like he <laughs> loves his book. He recommended that book to me. I think it may be the only book he's ever read. <laughs> on the record. And D is for Dan Brown and whatever Dan Brown writes. He reads Dan Brown. Which I've never read Dan Brown, but I go, I don't think I'd like that book. Um, But yeah, he recommended that book to me. The Artist's Way. I hadn't thought about that in a long time. That's a good book. Yeah. All right, so what's our next book club book? What's it to be? I should make one of you decide because I always decide. I'm so bossy. Are we doing elbow grease or are we doing Jane Fonda? Elbow grease and changing tires and modern day mom. What? (laughs) Pretty much the title that I said. (laughs) The title is Made. Whatever. Made. I don't know if I'm ready for the tattooists of Auschwitz after these two books. I'm sure Made is Made as Bad as Rabbit. Not b- no. bad, bad meaning hard, meaning difficult. It, there are some things in there that hit me the same way, actually. Oh, really? It's very different, very different. Right. But there are some incredibly powerful things, or at least for me. Right. That were, mm. yeah, just as powerful. We're back to Jane Fonda. Are we yeah. back to Jane? Is there any other? Or we could read about Keith Richards. And the <laughs> tattooist is not actually as powerful in that way it's not a lot about like the death camp necessarily is it about the process for that person it's about it's a lot about humanity Mm. and how some people just had none left and how others had hard pass okay can't do it right now okay fair enough it was good but should we read the help (laughs) (laughs) You have a head start. Not fair. She's finished. Um, I I think we need to read Made for one so that we can all agree on the title. (laughs) We'll still screw up the title. I'm telling you. Just stick with Made. It's fine. Is it an easy read? 
Yeah. Okay, I can do that. Then I'll do that. And then Jane Fonda. And then Jane Fonda. Okay. Yeah, I feel like it would just popped up on like some recommended list, which is the only reason I ever heard of it. Right. But where do you get these recommended lists? No idea. Just <laughs> <laughs> sort of pop up. Huh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I think I was like on Amazon and it's like, oh, I don't ever I don't trust know. those things. Yeah. Everything I ever get from there, I hate. I don't know what kind of book I like. Like you, you seem to like detective mystery type stuff. Yeah, right? it's not the only kind of book that I like, but that is a, like that's a genre that I've, yeah, that you like. That like. Do you have a genre that you like? Uh, my all time favorite is like historical fiction. Oh, what is that mean? really? Yeah, Isn't well, then, like the tattoo artist of, of Auschwitz. No, no, that's not historical. Did you yeah, read? It is. But did you read the one that I told you about? Um, which one? The Devil's Half Mile came out about a year ago. My friend wrote it. it I have it not was, read that. And now I'm oh, remembering you re- recommended this. It's so this. good. And the sequel's coming out in September. Oh, see, I'm just highly phone. recommend. I got to write this down. Yeah. You could just I listen to the podcast. It'll be on yeah. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're at about mm. an hour and 11. <laughs> Somewhere around there. <laughs> good to know. But of course, I got to write that down, too. <laughs> yeah. right. I could also text her. <laughs> yes. There's the that. Devil's Half Mile by Patty Hirsch. Right. The sequel is yeah. coming out in September. I've read both. I used to, I used to, like I said, devour Stephen King. And every time I go back and read one of his books, I really enjoy it. But for some reason, I have no impetus to pick up a new one. Oh, I just read a new Stephen King book. I haven't actually read that in a long time. This is my problem with remembering things is that I read so many damn books all the time. Um, Elevation Elevation. by Stephen King. And it's a teeny tiny, like it's more of a novella. I think there may be a hundred pages or something, 125 pages. It's very short. And I really liked it did you yeah had you read him much as a kid like as a teenager yeah yeah I read a bunch of Stephen King and this is not in the horror realm of Stephen King you know he has like his different yeah genres like Shawshank and yeah so this is more of a Shawshank than a Cujo it's not a yeah and Stand By Me. Have your kids watched Stand By Me yet? They haven't yet. Oh, my kids love that. You're, I think, has Lily watched it here? I think she watched it here. I yeah. think she watched it here. Such a great story. And that was a little novella, too. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's a good one. Anyway, okay, so we, what are we reading? I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you should check out this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <At> 11. <laughs> We're now about at an hour and 10 minutes. <laughs> hour, um, hour, that was hour 13. Decided. Yes. <laughs> We're unclear on the title. After We're made. Unclear. We're reading made. 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 made and down on the hands and knees. And elbow grease and Scrub it. Don't shine. rub it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> we should always have wine when we have podcasts. That'd be great. <laughs> Scrub it. Don't rub it. I'm just the maid. <laughs> Isn't that the name of it, right? Yes, Something like that. that's totally the name. <laughs> it, it sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, maybe somebody could take the title and run with it. Have a Fifty Shades of Maid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a band parked on that has that. <laughs> Probably. Topless Maids. Yeah, the Topless yes. Maids. Oh, yes. my gosh. Who hires that? How is that not no one, Because that band too. has not moved in 100 <laughs> years. No one ever hires them. Do you think the maid is inside the band, <laughs> Kathy? I don't think so. I think they might be living there. because. Oh. So in working. L.A., there are these vans. <laughs> 
parked and on the van has a big sign that says topless made. First of all, the van is bright pink. Yes, it is bright pink. And yeah, it's advertising topless maids. I just can't imagine how that would be interesting. Why would you? I mean, it's it's pretty depraved because it's such a. (laughs) You think? And it's cheap. So, A. (laughs) The cleaning is cheap. (laughs) No, it's inexpensive. So then you got to go, what woman cleans a house topless for that little money? Nobody. You could get a a job with your clothes on for that little money. It's like $49 or something. Leanne, but maybe it's somebody who is unemployable otherwise who's not able to be. But actually, if you're going to be a maid, you have to be bonded. Don't you? Uh, I'm pretty sure Sylvia is not bonded. (laughs) No, but I mean with the the service. Her teeth may be bonded. With the the company. (laughs) You know, with the service. Like Molly Maids, yeah. Yeah. I think Or topless maids. (laughs) I'm sure. Because they're completely legit, That's priority one. Are you bonded? Yes. Good. Let me see you with your shirt off. Perfect. <laughs> Let me see your bonds. Show me your bonds. Show bond. me your bonds. <laughs> right? Shake your bonds. Shake your bonds. And jiggle them. Maybe they went to our pole dancing class and then became mates. That was fun. Maybe. I don't know. So what else is happening? You go anywhere else? Anybody go anywhere else this summer? All done? We, no, went, we haven't gone anywhere yet. We went to San Clemente with um, Where is one that? of our, it is in Southern California. It's yeah, I know an, that. But an like, hour and a half south of here. South. And it w- is an absolutely adorable town. And um, we stayed with um, one of our Girl Scouts and um, her family. And they have two timeshares and we like, and they, they, they have two. They're a three person family and they have two so that somebody so that they can invite somebody down. Oh, that's really nice. Spend time with them. And we had a blast. Awesome. And um, we were on, I think, the first night that we were there. It was the day after the earthquake uh-huh. here. And um, I'm I'm sure you guys felt it. Yeah. Hard no, I was on town. a bike. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't feel it. OK, because I when uh, the first earthquake um, hit, I was on the ground. My kids were watching Stranger Things and I didn't want any spoilers because they were a little bit ahead of me in Stranger Things. So I closed myself into Vivian's room and I was sitting on the ground and I was cutting out my fabric for um, that was sewing something. And um, I all of a sudden felt very motion sick. I was like, this is that's so weird. Why am I? It, it wasn't just nauseous. It was motion yes. sick. Oh my God, that happened to me too. Yeah. I've never experienced because that. Because this was a rolling earthquake, yes. not a shaking earthquake. Crazy. I didn't understand yeah. that we were having an earthquake. I was yeah. juicing limes and I was like, oh my God, I feel really lightheaded. Oh, I think I'm going to be sick. And then I was like, this is the weirdest thing. And then Max came in and he's like, mom, that was an earthquake. Look, the chandelier is like moving. Yeah. And I was like, that's so crazy. I've never had, yeah. never experienced that. That's yeah, it was so a very weird. different kind of earthquake. And then, um, so when we were in San Clemente, the next night we were um, having dinner on the pier and um, all of a sudden I started feeling motion sick again. And it was the second earthquake. Wow. And it, it which was more powerful. One. Yeah, it was a lot um, more powerful. And um, but I was on the pier. So it literally it yeah. felt like I was on a boat, but we're on the pier. And right. we're like, why does the pier feel like a boat? And everybody looked around the restaurant and they were all like, oh, my God, it's an earthquake. Crazy. Um, but again, it was a rolling one. So it felt like really being at sea. And it was very surreal seeing the ocean all around, but not be, being on the pier. Crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. 
Mine's much more boring. I was on a bike, didn't feel it. The second one, I was driving kids home, didn't feel it. Second one I felt, but I didn't get motion sickness. Like everyone like sort of came out of their rooms. We're all standing in the living room going, okay, okay, hold on. Right. But uh, yeah, I didn't get motion sickness on that one. But the second one, I was driving one of George's friends home. I'm not really, George's not really close to her. She's not, not close. She's just not super close to her. But I pull up to her house and her dad is standing in the middle of the street. And he goes, earthquake just ended. Did you feel this earthquake? Earthquake just ended. And he's got uh, like a sophisticated walkie-talkie in his hand. And I go, no, I didn't feel anything. I was in the car. I didn't feel anything. He's <laughs> like, I got my ham radio. I got my ham radio's license like a year ago because when shit goes down, you got to be able to talk to people. When the big ones come, there's not going to be any cell towers. Ham radio. That's what you got to have is a ham radio. <laughs> then someone says, oh, this is blah, blah, blah in Fullerton. He goes, see, I'm talking to someone in Fullerton. Let's see how bad it is in Fullerton. And I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Oh, my God. I know where I'm coming in Armageddon. I'm coming to wow. your house with a ham radio. <laughs> I didn't expect to roll up on that. <laughs> Pretty funny. Wow. So That's that was my funny. experience of the second earthquake. <laughs> He and his wife were standing in the middle of the street, so nothing fell on them, I guess, especially the ham radio. (laughs) Telephone poles. Right? I don't know. They were pretty shaken up. I mean, That one freaked me out a little bit. It did. That was a big one. It was. Yeah. It was. Isla slept through it, and I I guess- I think that's the biggest I've ever experienced, actually. It was pretty big. It was like, wasn't it a seven? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I think the second one was 7.1. Yeah. Um, Crazy. So you're going somewhere soon. Yeah, we're going to Newport Beach a couple of weeks, finally. Are you going by yourselves? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. for most of the trip. We have friends coming. Stepanics are coming, I think, the beginning for the weekend. And then um, my cousins Karen and Lou are actually down there. They start their trip oh. on Saturday. Um, they go down for like a month. That's great. And I thought they were going the week after, but it turns out they're going just a day after us. So oh, we'll, they'll be there the entire time. We're That'll there. be great. So, yeah. Cousins. So, who are 80. Yeah, but they're still your cousins. <laughs> yes. Um, um, that'll be good. Actually, I'm party like nobody's business. So I remember. Fun. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about your summer? Are you happy it's about to be over? Are you sad it's about to be over? Sad. Yeah, I'm not happy yeah. that it's about to be over. I'm not really looking forward to school starting. Girl, me neither. I mean, yeah, I know. I'm not ready to get back into that grind. I'm not either. Like just the whole me like. Neither. I, already, it's like, have you done your summer reading? Have you started your summer reading? Did you do your math packet? Like, you know. I'm just over it already. And I actually don't even care. Like, you still got four weeks. It's fine. You can start it next week. Right. But Camille starts in two weeks. You know. Yeah, Georgia, too. August 14th. Is that when Camille starts? My kids don't She has um, orientation on the 13th and she starts on the 15th, whatever. Yeah. Is she excited? Yeah, she is. Good. Yeah, she's excited. She said she's. She doesn't want summer to end, but she's excited about high school. So. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. 
That's great. Yeah, I'm I'm not ready for it to be over. I feel like our summer just started. We traveled so much, which talk about being bougie. That's very bourgeois to say we traveled so much, but I feel like we just haven't been home. Yeah. So, and I'm a real I really am a homebody. I like being home. Yeah, me and too. So, I feel like I'm just now getting home and uh I feel like there's a lot of little silly stuff I want to do with my kids that I haven't like just make cookies and stuff like that we just haven't really done and as much as I think oh we'll do that one day when we're at the lake no of course not yes oh we'll do that one day when we're in La Jolla what else will we have to do no we had a two-year-old we were all chasing around a two-year-old it it just didn't work and that's totally fine but yeah I feel like I'm trying to compress all the little stuff into a short period of time now you know just to kind of movie marathon let's do a movie marathon today and now i'm feeling rushed to get all those little bitty things in and i yeah and when the summer started i had told the girls when we weren't traveling i want them to make one meal a week that they're they shop for they plan they shop for and they cook and do everything and they really got excited about that but they've only gotten to do like three meals all summer each because we've been gone and it's too hard when we're you know cooking for four is different than you know, even we're in La Jolla cooking for 10. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, that's too much for them to have to learn to cook for 10 people. It's just, and yeah. I don't know that those 10 people would want to eat lasagna and the things <laughs> they want to cook, you know? So I don't know. I'm, I'm ex- I want to get some of that done. And I just feel like, you know, I just got to take a practice HSPT test. And when are we going to get that done? And we had all this stuff to just show. It's in all a blur. End. It's yeah. too short. It's too Summer's short. Too short. Um, this is apropos of nothing, but summer, the end of summer, this made me think about this. Camille is in, um, she goes to writing camp. Um, it's just a day camp. It's like a half day thing. She loves it. It's a creative writing thing. And, um, I asked her if she learned anything interesting about her camp fellow campers. It's very small. It's basically a workshop. It's not even a camp. It's like a workshop. There are only four of them, all teenagers. I asked her if she learned anything about her fellow campers today. And she said, yeah, it's the weirdest thing. We're all left-handed. What? Have you ever heard of such That's, a thing? Wow. No. Yeah. That's Every, crazy. Yeah. All four of them are left-handed. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, huh. sorry. That was uh, apropos of nothing, but I That's just, cool. I could not get over it. I was like, what? Well, clearly now yeah, they have to start random. a gang. Yeah. Right? <laughs> the lucky lefties or something. Yeah, That's they bizarre. can have dinner together because nobody's going to be bumping each other. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That's crazy. Yeah. That's really cool that she's going to a creative writing workshop. That's really cool. Yeah, she loves it. Huh. She did it last summer, too. Where is it? In La Crescenta. Oh, that's so close. Uh, not. Yeah. Uh, right? <laughs> not at all. Yeah, There's I mean, no straight way to get there. That's no, the problem. No, not at all. And so it's a minimum round trip drive of an hour minimum but on monday it took me 30 minutes to drive to like 30 minutes is the absolute minimum but took me 30 minutes to go pick her up so yesterday i left with 40 minutes thinking oh i'll read some of my book um while i'm waiting for her and it took me 40 minutes to get there and today i was like okay i'm gonna leave 50 minutes (laughs) so that i can read some of my book and it took me 50 minutes. Damn I'm it. like, damn it. I don't have an hour tomorrow right? to, to give to this commute. But uh, I know tomorrow yeah. softball starts. 
<sighs> tomorrow. Yes. Woo-hoo. I think it's from 6 to 8.30, which is such a difficult time. Yeah. Yeah. Because now I got to leave. Right in the middle of dinner. At 5.15 to get there in time because it's in. And then we're going to turn around and drive back for 45 minutes to sit home for 30 minutes to, right, drive, to drive back. back. So now I'm going to sit in two and a half hours for every Thursday and Saturday. Thursday, Saturday, uh, Thursday, Saturday. At least it's only two days so far. But Can that be your target yeah. day? How yeah, many times can a woman go to Target <laughs> in a week? I'm telling you, no. The only good thing about it is there's a lot of like stuff to do. There's a Costco up there. There's, there's a ton of stuff there. I yeah. can get some stuff done. But really, seriously, how much but, of that can you really yeah, do? Yeah. How much shopping do you have to do? I guess I can read Jane Fonda's memoir. Nice and long. I'll read Made Like That. Okay, so our next book's going to be Made. Spit shining and shoveling <laughs> to be a better woman. I think that's what it's called. No, it's made. It, here it is. Made. Hard work, low pay, and a mother's will to survive. Mm-hmm. The cover has Playtex gloves on it. Two yellow rubber gloves on it. Made. Yeah. M-A-I-D. Well, it's got how many book reviews? 3.7 out of 5. 81% like this book. Okay. Okay. So well, we'll check we'll it out. what you guys think. Yeah. Next book. See what everybody thinks. Yeah. Well, at least it's a quick read. It is quick. Yeah. <laughs> We're just a barrel of laughs today. I feel like this is like the lowest energy podcast that we've ever done. The book was well done. It was interesting. It's interesting. It I mean, it's not engaging. an insult exactly, but. I have but. to go to Target. Look, and- <laughs> Driving. Our kids are psychotic. Right. Except for yours. Apparently not yet. It's coming. <laughs> Next one will be better. I think this was fine. Don't, uh, don't, don't, don't discount this one. All of mine are good, I feel okay. like. And for people who aren't interested, now that's something different. But I think we've had, I think we have good talks about stuff. I think we're very fascinating, toss, toss. Fascinating ladies. I'll plan on being more dynamic next time. You're fine. We're all just fine. Would you step it up, please? Yeah. I mean, Halston, come on. did we do okay? Yeah, see, he loves every podcast. He's falling asleep. <laughs> What's that? He's falling asleep right now. As, I just, as he I says just that. Woke yeah, him up. it was good. I asked the question. I woke him up. Well, thanks for reading with me. Thanks for always showing up and doing the work. And uh, I appreciate Why are you laughing at that? <laughs> doing the work. We read a book. It's like you've done the Lord's work. No, but you know how many people I asked to read a book? Lots. You, I didn't just ask the two of you. I just gave up asking anybody else because you were the only two that kept showing up. I'm happy to read books with so, both of you. I love to read books. And, you know, before I had kids, I had a big book club with lots of people that I started with my one friend. And we had it for like four years. And I loved it so much. But I had the time to read, you know. I don't yeah. have as much time to read now. And I wish I did. But I enjoy reading and talking about books so much because. Uh, Me too. I mean, reading is just amazing. And I feel bad for people. I feel bad for people like Isla who just can't seem to enjoy it because it's just too laborious. And that may, breaks my heart because I think reading a book, your imagination gets to do so much awesome work when you're reading that it doesn't get to do when you're watching a screen because the work's done for you. Yeah. So to sit down and maybe this inspires someone to 
download Rabbit on audiobook and listen to it instead of a podcast. And, you know, not to not listen to podcasts, but listen to that as well so that you're reading. Because I just read something about uh, the benefit of listening to a book versus reading it. And they're almost the same. It's not quite the same, but it's really close. So it made me feel better. I thought if Isla is listening to someone read her Pride and Prejudice, she's still getting all that good imagination, maybe just not sparked from her own brain. It's just sparked from someone else's voice. So, okay. But, you know, I prefer to read, but not everybody, you know, not everybody has even as much time as I do. Um. A lot of people have yeah. less. Well, but also the, an audiobook is just a great way for like we all do a lot of driving. Yes, um, yes. It's a great way to pass the time and to also feel like engaged and feel like, oh, I can keep up with something that I like to do reading when I can't otherwise do it. You know what I want to do? I think we should read something that was something that we would never read. Like. Like. I don't know, like something we would just never read, like something that is against our belief system or something. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Not to be like crazy, but... Psychotic. Yeah, psychotic. (laughs) Not to be too psychotic. But I'm very interested in trying to explore a point of view other than my own. You know what I mean? To just read a book that fits in my box of what I want to learn... Mindset fits in my box, even though it's not super engaging. It fits in my box. I I would like to maybe read something that doesn't fit in my box and see how I process that. So I really do like to say, well, how can we turn this around and try and understand the other side of it? Not to agree with it necessarily, but try and understand it. Would you be interested in doing anything like that? I don't even know what that would be. Yeah, I don't like even a know Joel what would... Olstein book or something. I don't know. Does he write books? I don't know anything about Joel <laughs> no. Olstein. But you know what I mean? Something that we would never read. But sure. Yeah, I would do that. Like wh- when experiment. you first brought that up, like something outside the box for you, I immediately thought of like someone riding on a dragon. And I was like, oh, God, I can't read a fantasy <laughs> novel. I just can't do it. Like, <laughs> You mean like Game of Thrones? I loved Game of Thrones. Oh, like, well, what you talk about? I loved Game of Thrones, but... I just mean like, I don't know, like magicians and wizards and all that kind of stuff. Like Harry like, Potter? Oh, that's I so love funny. Harry Potter. Never well, mind. <laughs> okay. But Harry Potter is different. I don't know. You know, so there's funny. like the like, whole. Wait, are we reading like the works of Scientology? What are you talking about? I don't, well, mean, I don't know what I'm like, talking about. But, you know, just like fantasy. I don't know. That just does not No, but maybe. Me. But I know a long, long time ago, I think you and I. Had had a discussion. Yes, we did. I, I know you exactly know what we're talking going. about. We were what in are, the car. Yes. So tell me. Right. We were talking about um, reading a book on comparative religions. Yes. Because I feel like I know little to nothing. Oh, about we talked about that of this my... on a book club. I think. Did we? Yeah. Because I feel we like I was part of this conversation uh, like years ago. Um, we may have talked about it since then, but I, I something along those lines. Yes, because I know nothing outside of my world yeah that's what i mean something like that like i bought the book called religion for dummies (laughs) because Uh i am a dummy someone must have written an interesting oh there is one it's called um the history of religion i think it's called and it is about as thick as the freaking webster dictionary well and it's so daunting but i heard (laughs) are you gonna find it history of religion uh uh that doesn't look like what is that the 
Book it's like by Jane something or other. Can, no, Karen Armstrong, the great. Tra- oh, in a, oh, that bet, one, first one, History of God. Oh, the History of God. Oh, yeah. That one Karen is supposed Armstrong. to be yeah, really, really great. Good. Yeah. And it's I I bought it and then started it and I was like, oh god, I can't do that. But I could do it if I had a a discussion. You know what I mean? If I had something, you could do it if you're forcing us to read it too. <laughs> Duh. Like mindset. Hello. Maybe that's our next one after mindset. But I, I, it doesn't have to be this. But you see what I mean? Like, what's the Fox News guy that wrote a book that's just, I would be fascinated to hear what his perspective is on everything that's going on. You know what I mean? And then go, yeah, I don't believe any of this, but this part makes a little bit of sense. So how is this part making sense? Do you know what I mean? To Mm -hmm. challenge our thinking instead of just thinking our thinking. I like that. I don't know if you like that. I like that in theory. It's just that when you bring up some, well, in theory, but then when you bring up some like random jerk from Fox News who might not even believe what they're spewing because they're just trying to stir up an audience, I just feel like I don't want to give that any more traction. I feel like they get enough traction. Well, I hear you. I, um, I understand that. So, but you you see what I'm getting at? Yeah. No, I see what you're getting at, and I'm theoretically interested. Something that we can. <laughs> You need to step it up again. <laughs> you need to be you more than theoretically interested. Promise the next podcast would be more dynamic. And here you go saying it's not the next podcast yet. <laughs> I didn't promise tonight. Yeah, but we're planning time. the next podcast. You need more wine. Oh um, my goodness. No, I don't know. I just I think that would be Okay. I think so that would be a, a good project. Yes. Progress. We will We'll text around. Right. We'll come up with some ideas. Maybe someone right, could suggest thing. something yeah, on absolutely. my Facebook page. Got that a wife of the party on idea. Facebook. That would and be just, fantastic. And suggest a book that you think is not in our wheelhouse. That would be a good discussion. That's not absurd. Like, I don't want to read something absurd. Like aliens live in area 51 or whatever. No shit. We know that. I mean, not really, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Something like maybe it's it is like, the history wait, there of goes God. Scientology, then, if you don't believe in aliens. Well, I mean, yeah, there uh, goes Scientology. No interest in Scientology here. No, I know. But I, I don't really either. So, but I'm fascinated by it because so many people believe in it. That's what interests me. Is I go, there's got to be something there that I'm missing that I don't understand. Not that I need to agree with it, but I'd like to understand it. You know, like. I got in a political debate with my in-laws in La Jolla. It was not, it was very cordial, nothing exciting. Don't, nobody worry, no, nothing exciting. But I presented a perspective, my dad's perspective on an issue that my sister-in-law was very, very strong about. And when I finished presenting my dad's perspective, she went, you know what? I could understand why people feel that way now. I'd never thought of it that way because why would she? She's a white collar girl who lives in a white collar world. She doesn't have any blue collar people in her life to have any perspective from that. And I feel like it's a real, um, I don't want to say lack of responsibility, but in my part, I feel like it's really smallish to not seek out trying to at least see why people think the way they do. Not to have to agree with them. Like she doesn't even have to agree with what my dad said, but now her perspective is broader. So then she can go, okay, 
there's this whole thing I don't still don't completely understand, but I can see why you're saying that. So now I can have a different conversation with you about it because I have more information. So it doesn't have to be politics, but that's just an example that came to mind where I was like, you know, this, this is, this actually happened to my dad. So this is why a lot, and it's happened to a lot of people. So this is why he feels this way in the context of what we're talking about. So, you know, when you start adding that into the equation, it, it affects how you think about things. So yeah. I, I love the idea of a book being thrown at us from the Facebook page or whatever, I, mm-hmm. of something coming up there. Me too. Organically. That, that sounds fun. Okay. So maybe yeah. I'll put a post on Instagram, recommend a book that's maybe out of our wheelhouse and I'll put one on Facebook and you can always email me at wifeotp.com and suggest I'm open to suggestions. I just posted on my Facebook page. Um, let me know what you want to hear us t- talk about because um, I still have plenty of things to talk about, but I'm interested to hear what people are interested in hearing. And a lot of it is about parenting, parts of parenting. So I'm going to try and make a little short list and figure out what I can talk. I, I love talking to Jocelyn and, and Kristen, but I feel like they just know everything. <laughs> Sometimes I want to talk to people who are just boots on the ground. Not that they're not boots on the ground. They are. They're both parents, but they just seem sometimes so evolved. (laughs) Sometimes it's nice to just talk to people who maybe aren't professionals in the field (laughs) um, and come up with some parenting to, for us laymen, you know, made. We'll kind of get the elbow grease knuckle draggers, those people (laughs) just in the trenches. But anyway, okay, well, I look forward to what everybody throws at us like you said yeah that'll be cool it'll be interesting to see yeah what where we land it'll be interesting to see what people think is outside of our wheelhouse yeah houses so our wheelhouse has been pretty narrow it's been memoir self-help 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 memoir or yeah or like almost textbook stuff yeah like yeah yes nonfiction 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 yeah i'd love to read fiction I'm open to reading fiction if you guys have any suggestions, too. Well, I have 24 that are coming up. So. <laughs> I know, right. Except we can't get a hold of B. That damn B. Well, thank you, ladies. I appreciate your time. And thanks for coming and talking to me. Oh, it was a time pleasure. I love talking to you guys. So thank you. Oh, it makes me happy. I think that we should get together.